0: I wanted to share with you a wonderful revelation that Papa just gave me while I was lying in bed talking to him. And I was pondering about the scriptures, the way it was written, the original Torah. And I was telling Papa, you know, we say the word was inscribed, it was inspired by the Spirit. And yet, if you ever got to read the Hebrew version if you speak Hebrew, if you can read Hebrew, there's all kinds of not necessarily typos but kind of, you know, letters that don't fit and you have a vav instead of a yud and, and all kind of stuff like that and in the Hebrew scriptures they always kind of put both, you know, the, the original and the corrected version, the alternative and it, it's very interesting And I was wondering why is that? Is that like a copyist error? But I I rejected that because I know how peculiar the sofrim are, the sofer stam, the people who write the Torah. If they make one error, they throw the whole scroll away. (laughs) They're very very tenacious and uh, you know very strict and making sure they copy everything, exactly the way it is, every dot, every speck, everything. So we know it's not a copying error because they were the scribes, they were the most intellectual people who got assigned this role to make duplicates of the Torah scroll. It takes a highly skilled person to write like that. You know, they didn't have typewriters. It was all handwritten with ink, and I'm assuming a feather or some of the sort. Very tough job. So then the question arises, well, where do these errors come from? And Papa just reminded me, he said, remember how I operate. God never uses the obvious. He never uses the many. He never uses what we would have chosen to use. Think about that. You read the scriptures. Who does Adonai use as Yeshua? Was he born in the palace of the king? Was he one of the perushim, the lead councils of the... No, he was born in Bethlehem where the animals dwell, in a stack of hay to a family that was literally known in one of the smallest towns. That's why the the prophecy, right, in Bethlehem, the the town in the small tribe of Judah, he was a nobody. (laughs) David was a nobody. His own father did not even consider him a candidate to become king when Samuel came into his house. Gideon was hiding in the winepress, threshing wheat, because he was a coward. Even Saul said, Who am I? I'm a nobody from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, what do you want with me? Not to mention Moshe. Remember, Moshe had a speech impediment. He could barely speak clearly. Not to mention he was a fleeing murderer. And yet he was the one that Adonai chose to use to teach his entire Torah to the people of Israel and to than to the entire human race. A man with speech impediment, a stutterer. Think about that. We would have chosen the best speaker in the house, the one who is most intellectual, clear pronunciations, loud, deep voice that can carry over long distances, someone like Bibi. <laughs> I mean, if you ever listen to Bibi talk, regardless of what he says, you know most of the stuff he says are lies, but the way he says it, I mean, oh Lord, you gotta give him, you gotta give him you know, credit for that. He has a gift, gifted by God, that man. He has charm like no other. <laughs> and yet, Adonai did not choose to use Bibi. He chose Moshe. A man who could barely speak. I, 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 Adonai, if, if, if it pleases you, you, please please choose some someone else. That's probably how he spoke, except he spoke in Hebrew, ancient Hebrew. Imagine, he has to instruct two million people on the entire Torah of Adonai. <laughs> he was, in our perspective. Not the ideal candidate. And yet God chose him. So think about that. Coming back to what I said about writing the Torah. Are there typos? Mistakes? Well, sure. Why wouldn't there be? It's not that God wrote it and you know, just made it with his word, spoke it into existence. No. He sent his servants, meaning he integrated the human element, the flawed human element, which is in his sinful nature, therefore is not perfect. Many of our messages, I say the wrong thing, I mispronounce a word, Stephen skips over a verse. (laughs) You know, you listen to Ezekiel's message. Well, he skipped over a couple of verses. Well, so what? <laughs> you get the point. You can read it yourself if you really want to understand. We're human. And you got to remember that. Adonai is not dependent on our perfection to get his message across. No. If he did, we would get the glory. Wow. He preached so well. He did such a good job. The audio is so crispy, clear. Oh, Where does God get the glory? No. When Gideon had an army of 30,000 men, Adonai said, too much. Shrink it down. He got down to 3,000. Too much. Shrink it down. 300? Now that I can do. Because then he gets the glory. Because then it's the not so obvious that you will say, 300? You can't beat an army of 100,000 with 300 men. Well, but God can. See, the 30,000, they would have gotten the glory. Wow, great operation, man. Great fight, great battle. See, Israel had that happen to them the war of Yom Kippur, or the six day war, but they did not give God the glory. Independence war, we were always outnumbered, outgunned. Somehow we won. And of course, they go bragging about themselves and the tiger force and all those things because they're godless, robbing God of his glory. But nevertheless, Adonai always chooses the underdog. He said to Israel, and it's written in the Torah, you can read it for yourself, he said, I did not choose you because you were the greatest. No, I chose you because you were the least. <laughs> you are the most stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, hard-headed, rebellious nation on earth. And that's why I chose you to be mine. Because if I can do something with you, I can do something with you anyone, and God gets the glory. So when you read your scriptures in Hebrew, and you come to all these people that says, do you know the, the scripture has mistakes? Well, if God wrote it, was does it have mistakes? You know, the genealogies. I'm not ashamed of the mistakes. I'll expose them for you. I believe it still. The genealogies from Abraham until Moshe. Well, if you count the ages and, and calculate it, And then Moshe says, they left Egypt after 430 years. Well, it doesn't add up. But does it matter? No. It's not supposed to add up. Because, again, there's the human element here. And Adonai does not want your entire faith to be ingrained, to be embedded in a book. He wants your faith to be in him, whether the book ever was or wasn't, Adonai is. Avraham did not have the written book. Eof did not have the book. Noach did not have a book. Chanoch, Metushelach, Adam. None of them had the book. Moshe himself did not have the book, yet he believed. Is that interesting? All these people you read about, they did not have the book that you have, and yet they believed. And you come to the book, and you say, well, but there's a few typos in it. I, I can't believe this is the word of God. Well, good. Don't believe then. Search yourself. And keep in mind that your very rejection will be witnessed against you in the court of law, and will build a case against you for your judgment. Remember that Adonai is just. He said the cornerstone will become a stumbling block for those who reject it. Yeshua, he came to harden the hearts, to deafen the ears, to blind the eyes. He said those who see will become blind. Those who are blind will see. He told Ishayahu, prophesy against these people, speak and they do not understand, lest they repent and are saved. No, Adonai does not play that game. If you insult him, If you profane his name, if you blaspheme against him, if you sacrilege his holy things, there is no forgiveness for those sins. And he will harden your heart, like the sons of Eli, like many other people, Pharaoh, so that you will not be able to repent, so that you will not see, so that you will not be saved. Because, again, judgment Herzl just read in Ezekiel 14. They make idols in their hearts. The book could be an idol. Many Christians idolize the book. They walk around with the Bible anywhere they go. But do they follow it? No. We don't even keep Shabbat. They keep Sunday. Where is that in the Bible? Nowhere. Not in the Torah, not in the prophets, not in the writings, and definitely not even in the New Testament, which is the testimonies of Yeshua, and a bunch of letters. Nowhere, anywhere, in any scripture does it ever tell you to keep Sunday as the Sabbath or worship on the first day of the week. And yet you do. And you have a Bible in your arms. I don't get it, but then I do. Because you are inconsistent, you are not logical, you are not rational, you are not thinking straight. You are not using your God-given brain for wisdom. And that is a sin. God has given you a rational brain. Use it. You people have no logic. You cannot be saved unless you ration. Adonai said, come, let us reason together. God is reasonable. To think like God is to think reasonably, rationally follow logic concrete principles and ideas that reason together to believe in god is reasonable to not believe is not because the very fact you can reason is evidence and testimony that there is a god (laughs) if there was no god there is no reason how can reason be by accident it doesn't happen accidents cannot create something that is solid that is consistent if the universe was created by one accident at a time without guidance direction, intellect, design there can never be science you can never be able to repeat anything well it's accidents you know if you spin the roulette it's not going to end up on the same number every single spin it's random Unless it's fixed, of course, by an intelligent design. Someone behind it that made it to be so. So your very argument contradicts itself. And yet you complain that the Torah has some typos in it. Well, listen, if that's your excuse, then so be it. It doesn't matter. You can say you left the water running in your bathtub. You can say your neighbor made apple pie. You can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's all for your judgment. As for me in my house... We will serve yod we accept the atonement of Yeshua, and we are forgiven for all of our sins, all of our iniquities, all of our acts of ignorance, and we will spend eternity in love with Him. Hallelujah.
1: Your way to Shuvah, for it's too late. Glorify, magnify Adonai the King. Glorify, magnify Adonai the King. Glorify, magnify Adonai the King. My i will be. oh be to Shuva your ways, Teshuvah, for it's too late, to Teshuvah, change your ways, Teshuvah, for it's too late, oh, glorify, magnify, Adonai the Lord, Woo! glorify, magnify, Adonai the Lord, Adonai the Lord, Ma'ovi, my Ma'ovi. Ma-o-vi. To change your ways, to Shuba before it's too late. To Shuba, change your ways, to Shuba before it's too late. We gotta glorify and magnify Adonai the King. Magnify, magnify the Lord, we gotta sing, glorify, and magnify, Adonai the King, He's the Lord, of Lord, and King of Kings. We gotta sing Woo Shuva, change your way to Shuva, make your way to Shuva. Make that change to Shuba, gotta change our ways. That's a good one.